So welcome, Kristen, to the On Iowa podcast. Hi. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Thank so you. So I guess the burning question first is how do you pronounce your last name since it is similar <laughs> to a rapper that we're all, we all are aware about? Uh, yeah. Um, we pronounce it Tupac just because why wouldn't you? Um, but I think it is actually pronounced Tupac. Um, <laughs> we're not quite sure of the origin of it, but it's just easiest to say yes is Tupac. So yeah. um, that's my married name, obviously. So um, it's taken some getting used to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I just wanted to welcome you also as the only cyclone that will probably be on the On Iowa podcast. And <laughs> I hope my listeners forgive me. I'm sure some of them may not. Um, and yeah, yeah. So anyway, at first, I, I really wanted to ask you how you got involved with Athletes Unlimited and, um, you know, how did the invite come about? Yeah, um, so I actually had some people message me when it was first um, announced in February and they're like, oh my gosh, tell me you're going to do this. Like I had retired in 2019. I had really said, hey, I'm done playing. I want to be back in America. I'd done this thing overseas for five years. Um, and so I had a friend that reached out and said, Hey, are you going to lace, are you going to lace up the shoes and put your knee pads back on? And after talking about it for a little while, I was like, okay, I'm going to just reach out. I knew, uh, Jordan Larson and Molly McCage had been announced as parts of the player executive committee. And so I reached out to Molly um, we played against each other in college. She was at Texas. I was at Iowa State. Uh, but we also played recently in the USA Women's National Team gym together. So um, I just like shot her a message and I said, who do I get in contact to to talk about this? Like, I'm, I'm interested, but I'm not sure if I'm like all in, you know, and, and also, would you even have me if I wanted to play? So that was kind of how it started. And um, then I got on a Zoom call with um, the larger group, um, player executive committee, and learned a little bit more about the league. And um, shortly after, they said, you know, hey, we want you to be a part of this. And I think you'd be a perfect fit. Um, and so, yeah, I, from there, it was like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm excited. If anything, like, I wanted to just be a part of, um, you know, rewriting history for for volleyball players in America to, um, you know, in my generation, um, to, to be able to play in the U.S. Is, is a really big deal. So that's kind of how it got started. Just a little DM here and, and there. So. Wow. That's awesome. So you almost kind of invited yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I was like, Hey, I'm available. <laughs> Not I'm that here. you are qualified, but, um, I was going to ask like how you how you balance this with playing overseas, but you said you had retired. Um, right. So was like the enticing thing about this league, be, the fact that it was being started in the United States. Yeah. So going overseas is really, it's, it's really challenging. Um, you know, you're away for nine months at a time. Um, and sometimes, you know, depending on your level and, and the location, um, 
you may not make that much money in a nine month span. And um, it can be really grueling because we're used to college seasons where you're playing, you know, a four month season in the fall, but then you get quite a long break and you're only maybe a short flight away from home. And so um, it just kind of wore on me and I had kind of done so many different things. I played two years in a row in Switzerland, in Germany, and then I came back home. I took kind of a, a half of a year off and I volunteer coached at the University of Denver and then pushed to go back to play. And I went with the national team for two years. So I was with the national team for two years and I was like, okay, let's try overseas one more time. I think it could be my last year, um, but we'll see how it goes. And, and while I was there, I just felt like I had hit a point where I had coached a lot and I was coaching myself a ton and felt like I was at a, a stage where I, I could maybe affect the game more from the coaching perspective or from the other side. Um, I still enjoyed playing, but um, I also just missed home. I'm, you know, being from Iowa, like yeah. my family is so important to me and, and you really miss, I think that's the biggest thing. If you ask any professional volleyball player overseas, what they miss it's they miss the moments the the time spent with family and friends and um you know kind of what you we would see as a normal postgraduate life it's so different for a professional volleyball player so yeah for sure um so what are you currently doing now when you're not doing athletes unlimited you said you were wanting to do coaching yeah. So, um, what happened was in my last season, when I was overseas, my husband, so my husband is a coach. Um, he coaches at the university of New Mexico. Now he's kind of bopped around the country too. And, um, our dream was always to coach collegiately together. Um, and so I'd always said, I'm going to play professionally until he's a head coach. And then when he's a head coach, I get, he can maybe hire me. That would be great. <laughs> um, and, then he got this, this new coaching job at the University of New Mexico, and I realized that I was ready to be done playing. And so I was like, what am, what am I going to do? I had this kind of moment of panic, and a lot of um, professional athletes have this. Like, what does life look like after sports? And um, I was really lucky. I had a friend and colleague that I worked with while I was with the women's national team. So I've done a lot of I'm playing volleyball, but I'm also working other jobs. So I was coaching club and I was coaching high school while I was in California with the women's national team. And um, this girl, her name's Haley. Um, she is a club director and she's a high school coach. And she just reached out and said, hey, I have this business proposal for you. Um, she's like, I think you'd be really good at it. And I was like, okay, like this is kind of coming at like this really important time in my life where I'm in this transitional phase. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. I had done like a dog walking stint and coaching, you know, doing private lessons and things like that. And I was like, I don't want to go back to that, um, but I know I want to be involved. And um, she had brought up being like a recruiting consultant for youth athletes, um, for volleyball players, helping them with their recruiting processes and writing emails, making highlight videos, um, kind of giving them advice and being the liaison between the high school and the collegiate coaches, the high school players and the collegiate coaches. And um, so I kind of took that and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to run with this. And I did. And 
my first client was one of my Swiss teammates at the time I was playing in Switzerland and one of my teammates, she was 16 years old. She's like, I want to go to America. And I was like, cool, I will help you. Let's do this. And so um, she was my first client. She just recently committed to Cal Berkeley, um, oh, wow. like a really big deal. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was kind of the start of that. And so I'm doing Athletes Unlimited, but I'm also helping youth volleyball players with their recruiting process and navigating that and um, hoping they find their dream schools and schools that fit them. And um, I tell my husband, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to go back to coaching now. I kind of like this. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a work from home type of thing. And um, it allows me a lot of flexibility. And I, I now have a couple more clients in Switzerland, but I also have some in California and in New Mexico. Um, and I just really enjoy helping them navigate, not the, like, I love the volleyball part, but helping them navigate the, the challenging situation of how can I find a home for me, you know? And, and that's really important to me is finding a place where you feel like you belong and um, you have this really deep connection. So, yeah. I want to go back to Athletes Unlimited. Um, I wanted to know, what has it been like playing in this? I guess you're also in a bubble situation in Dallas and you're playing with masks on and everything. I've been watching it. Um, so yeah, I just want to know from the inside, what is a day in the life of an athletes unlimited player? Like, yeah. Um, we are calling it the shield because it's not a perfect bubble. Um, we knew from the start that there was going to be some challenges around, um, you know, starting a professional league in the middle of a pandemic, but um, basically we are in a hotel. Um, we're in like a kind of a suite. So we have our own little kitchenette, so little apartments. And I would say I wake up in the morning, I brought my two Huskies with me. So oh, I wow. have my dogs here. We actually have like seven or eight people with dogs or a couple cats. And um, so I wake up, I take my dogs to the little dog park outside. Um, while maintaining uh, social distance. And um, usually we plan with the other dog moms to go out at the same times. And then I work um, in the morning from about nine until one o'clock. And then I have practice from two until five. Um, and it can change every day. It just depends on what team you're on. Some teams are practicing from 11 to two, some are two to five. And um, then after that, it's come back and we sometimes have Zoom meetings. Like yesterday, we had like a, a team bonding. Um, we went on the top floor of the garage parking lot um, and socially distanced happy hour. Um, so we can just spend time together, um, but still being able to be safe and make sure that, you know, although it's not a perfect bubble, we still have to make sure that, um, you know, we're, we're keeping each other safe and um, you know, we've, we've got lots of, I think at the Coliseum, we also have like an outdoor area where there's couches and chairs. And, um, so, you know, we have little events after matches planned, um, where we can spend time outside and, um, it hasn't been as bad. I mean, when the Texas storm hit, that was pretty rough. Um, I mean, for all of Texas, there was, it was really challenging, um, because we expected Texas to be a little warmer, yeah. um, but it's gotten better. <laughs> and so we're able to go on walks and, and be outside. And um, we do have an, a, a player lounge where people can play games and board games and card games. And um, 
we're still doing what we can to to make sure that the experience is really cool. Yeah, for sure. And I want to talk about, you said you had a team bonding event. I think it's interesting because this is a league that places a lot of value on the individuals because you're drafting different teams every single week. What is that like for you? And are you just like bonding with different people every week? Absolutely. Um, I'm a huge volleyball nerd outside of actually playing. Like I love watching and I love, you know, analyzing stats and things like that. And so like the volleyball nerd in me is like so obsessed with the rotation of the teams and the different team dynamics and how, you know, you might have all these superstars together, but maybe it doesn't work. Or, you know, you have these kind of scrub players that are just grinding it out and they crush it. Um, And so what I've found just in the last three weeks, and I call myself, I call myself a chameleon because I just, I feel like personally, whatever my team needs, I want to be that for them. So if they need, like, I can be super high energy, but I can also be the calm that weathers the storm. Um, And so, um, but what that brings is everyone's kind of, you get to spend a week with them and you really, you're, you're with them a lot because you're practicing with them, you're lifting with them. Um, you're driving to and from training with them and um, you guys are, you're on the same schedule and then you play and um, you really develop a, a bond and um, then you leave them and you're like, oh, that was fun, but maybe <laughs> I'll see you next week or not. And, um, you know, some people are staying with the same people. I think I've had three weeks now with, you know, two or three people that I've been on the same team with. Um, but everyone is so awesome and just so kind. And, you know, it seems like everyone gets along. And so it's really easy to just switch teams because um, we've spent kind of those, those Zoom meetings or those, you know, events outside where you're mingling and you're, and you're trying to, to learn more about one another. And um, it makes the transition super easy. And, and you might have like a time where you're like, hey, I've never played with you before. Um, and so in practices we're, we're, we're putting people who haven't been together next to each other often so that like that relationship can develop really fast. And so, um, it has been super fun. I love it. I think it keeps, it keeps things exciting and you, you can't really settle. You can't like, you can get comfortable, but you can't be like, oh, you know, attached, I guess is probably the better word is you can't get attached to like playing next to someone. You have to be really adaptable and you have to learn how to make the people around you better as quickly as possible. It almost sounds like it would make you a better volleyball player as a result. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Has it been weird, like transitioning back into playing a professional, playing a sport at the professional level? I mean, were you like sore the first, after the first practice? (laughs) Um, Yes, I think with the storm happening, it kind of gave us some extra time off that maybe we would have been grinding out a little bit more. Um, there was definitely a little adjustment period, I think mentally more than anything. Um, after a, a lot of people here took kind of the, the pandemic year off the 2019 all the way to the 2021 season is um, a lot of us weren't playing volleyball. And so, um, you know, a lot of the performance anxiety comes into play and people are thinking, can I compete here? I haven't played touched a volleyball in so long. And so the first two weeks, a lot of people were diving into that mental stuff and just like having lots of conversations about, Hey, this doesn't feel good. Or, you know, I'm not, 
um, not feeling like I'm performing at the level that I can. Um, but we were all just so collaborative and so helpful trying to get each other to play free and, and to be able to perform at that level. And I think that was really cool is that it wasn't just like, Hey, you're on your own Island over there. Sorry. Like deal, deal with it yourself. No, it was like, Hey, we're all trying to do this. And if we are all trying to get better and be better then the league gets better, the play gets better. And so um, we've all kind of just taken on this mentality that like, if I lift my teammate up, that helps me. It helps the league. It helps everyone. So and the, the point system with the individual players, obviously that leads to the team captains and everything. Is that something you keep in mind when you're playing? Like, oh, <laughs> that was like negative two points because you can lose <laughs> points on errors, which is pretty brutal. Um, right. So yeah, it's like how much of the individuality of it does it like comes into your mind? Yeah, so I don't know if you know, I was also, um, I took part in the scoring system and creating some of the scoring um, and we, we did talk about negative points. And at first it was like, no, we don't want to do negative points. Um, but we kind of had to, um, because that's what happens in volleyball, but you just maybe don't see it as like in your face. Um, so playing with it, honestly, there's so much weighted on like team wins that I, if you get wrapped up in the individual portion, I think you could really hurt yourself. Um, but I think for me personally, it's just about being the best that I can be and, and trying to help my teammates. And um, if I'm focusing on helping my teammates, then good things are going to come. And um, if I make a few errors, that's better, obviously. But um, it, I think more is being paid attention to is the set wins and the overall match score. Cause this is the first time that like there's ever been, there's three sets, but you can, you could win two sets and still lose the game. Usually it's like best two out of three or best three out of five. Um, but for example, we last weekend, I was with team Larson and we, our first match, we lost two sets, um, but we won the overall score. And so we won the match. And so that's a big deal um, in terms of points for you as a player, but um, for the team as a whole. And so I think we won 70 to 69, like it was so close. And so we're paying a lot of attention to that. And um, I think that's what we wanted to get out of it in terms of the scoring aspect. But I think the scoring system makes you better too. Um, the individual point scoring system, it, I think um, if I were an attacker, for example, um, you know, you get minus points for hitting the ball out or serve, making a serving error um, and trying to find ways to score. Um, and maybe you'll have to develop yourself a little bit more, you know, like maybe your best shot is hitting this cross court, but you know, this player keeps digging it. And so you're going to have to figure out, okay, can I hit it sharper or do I have to learn a different shot? You know, like I have to really develop myself as a player um, in order to help my team win, but also help myself, you know, advance individually. So um, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. <laughs> the overall scoring system is what confused me when I was first watching it. And I just got right. the opportunity to watch it last week. And I was like, wait, so winning the overall score, why was it, what went into the decision to make the scoring system 
that way instead of your classic best two out of three? Um, so we wanted it to be, well, one, definitely simple, um, but, but also broadcast is important too. And, and one of the biggest complaints about volleyball is that, you know, it, it can be five sets or it can be three sets and it can go in an hour or it can go two and a half hours. And so um, we wanted to find something that kind of was able to be a little more consistent. Um, but doing a two out of three doesn't promise the same for every team. So maybe my team beats team purple in two sets. So it means we don't play the third set, but let's say team purple plays team orange and they play the three sets. Um, so one that kind of uh, makes the balance of team like set scoring and individual stats a little skewed. So we wanted to make it so that everyone had to play all the sets. Um, and so then it's like, okay, if this team wins two set, why even play the third, you know, how do we make the third set matter? Um, and that was paying attention to the overall score. So um, if, if we can find a way to make it so that like, even though we're losing 20 to 12, like for example, my team last weekend, we were losing 20 to 12 and we just started saying, Hey guys, like we have, we just got to think about one point, like trying to score more points in this set. Like how can we squeeze out some more points? And we went on an eight Oh run and we lost 25, 20. Um, and that ended up saving us because we won the score, the, the entire total score. Um, and we might not have, had we lost that, that set by, you know, 10 points. So um, it just, it keeps the viewers a little interested too. I know like from the volleyball nerd status, you know, like from that side, you're like, oh man, you know, I know people were chanting online for like, we called, it's like a golden set. Um, well, mm -hmm. people are terming it a golden set. We were calling it overtime, but um, if you're tied at the overall score, you're going to play one short set to five sets or five points um, to see who can win the overall points. Um, so yeah, people are really paying attention to that and it makes it really interesting. It's a good point because I've covered many college volleyball games where it's like all the way to five sets. <laughs> it's like been two or three hours where it could like other ones are over in 25 to 30 minutes. So. Right. Right. And there can be times where like, and, and I even remember this in college, like you would be down 20 to 12. And I just remember even speaking to my team, maybe it was the second set. We were down 20 to 12. We won the first set. We knew that if we lost, there were going to be two more sets. So it's just kind of like, Hey guys, like, let's just forget about this one, like sweep it under the rug and just kind of end. Um, so we removed that idea that like people can just opt out and be like, oh, well, there's another set. So it's fine um, because that could happen in a best two out of three or best three out of five. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so I noticed that every player has chosen a charity to represent yeah. and yours is the Trevor project. And I wanted to know what your reasoning was behind that. Yeah, um, this is really personal to me. Um, the Trevor Project is a LGBTQ plus um, suicide prevention and crisis intervention um, organization. And I picked it out with my best friends. Um, my two best friends came out to me. Um, actually three of my friends came out to me, one in high school, two in college. 
and um, just knowing how hard it was for them, especially growing up in Iowa, but growing up in the world, you know, there's a lot of stigma and, and there's just a lot of um, misunderstanding and, and hate around um, being gay and being different and um, that they felt comfortable coming to me and knowing that it was a safe space that um, they could um, share that with me, that they could be their authentic selves um, was really special and it meant a lot to me. And I've always really cherished my friendships with them, um, but also just wanting everyone to be able to feel that, to, you know, that they can show up and whoever they are, like they have a space. And so I think it's just really important for especially youth who may not have that, um, that space that um, they can call someone. There's, there's a social media platform that the Trevor Project runs um, where people can, can chat and chat with peers. And um, I just know like being a, a, a straight, you know, teenager was really challenging um, without, you know, the idea of, uh, of I'm maybe not accepted in this world and um, how am I gonna balance that on top of just everyday teenage, you know, and a young, young adult things. So um, when I found out that I was going to be able to pick a charity, I reached out to, to my three friends um, and said, you know, hey, I really want to um, have, I have a platform and I want to make it count. And I want to make sure that especially youth, I work with them all the time. I want them to know that like, um, I'm here if, you know, anyone um, wants to talk. I'm, I'm not a professional, but um, that there are organizations out there for you that um, are there to help. So um, it's really near and dear to me and, um, and my friends as well. So. And so how, if you could explain to our listeners how that partnership works and comes into play when it comes to this league. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Give Lively Foundation has partnered with Athletes Unlimited. um, And what happens is at the end of the season, we receive a bonus based off of our performances. um, And Give Lively is going to donate um, equal to 50% of our end of season bonus to these Um, nonprofits. And so, um, yeah, it's really something really cool because I think a lot of athletes and I know for myself personally, um, I don't felt, I didn't feel like I made a ton of money overseas and I have always wanted to give back. Um, But when you're a struggling professional, um, that's kind of where you maybe hold back a little bit. And um, not knowing where um, to donate or who to donate to and um, finding what, finding something that means something to you. And so this is an opportunity for us to give back um, and that it's being matched, you know, like it's, it's something that I don't even have to think about, you know, giving money to it's um, and I work hard for that. Like in my, in the back of my mind, when I'm playing, like I'm playing um, for, the Trevor project. And I get to think about like, whatever I do, like, I know that that money is going to go somewhere really important. Yeah. That's what I found, especially meaningful about this league and the softball one that came before it is the fact that, you know, this isn't just for, even though it's like, it's enough, the fact that you're putting women's professional sports, like I always wished there was a women's professional volleyball league growing up when I was playing volleyball, but like, not only are you doing this, but you're also 
providing help for other organizations, which I think a lot of other sports leagues could learn a lot from. Certainly. Um, I wanted to know who is the toughest person to dig in this league? Ooh, that's a great question. Toughest hitters. Um, Well, um, Betty De La Cruz, she's from the Dominican Republic. She's one of our foreigners. Um, I would say she has one of the most deceptive arms, but she also doesn't hit it at me a lot. And I make, I like poke fun at her. I'm just like, Hey, are you going to hit the ball towards me or around me? (laughs) Like, that would be cool. And she's like, no, why would I do that? Um, (laughs) and of course, Jordan Larson, fortunately, she's, I've been on her team this week and last week, so I don't have to dig her. Um, I know she is one of the most experienced. She has so many different shots she can hit um and she's seeing where you're at on the other side of the court so I would say that like that experience mixed with her her strength and and her her speed like makes her really deadly but um Carcelo hits the ball pretty hard and so does Ebony Wanabu I've had some arm bruises never in my career have I had an arm bruise until this oh wow (laughs) Um, yeah yeah if that says anything like um these girls hit the ball really hard so um I would say Karsta has got some pace and when you, when, when I dig her, I have to like literally fall backwards to make sure that the ball like goes up (laughs) up and doesn't hit me. Jordan hit me in the neck once too. That was terrifying, but um, (laughs) yeah, I get beat up quite a bit, but I would say those are probably the top four in terms of speed and power and just like overall experience like they're hitting it real hard (laughs) is there anybody you feel uh you have the best chemistry with on defense so far um I would say Jordan um Jordan Larson like her and I have I think because of our experience our communication is really um, really developed and we just have a really nice understanding of, of one another's skills and what balls she can take and what balls I can take. And so I think there's a lot of trust there too, and, um, and understanding and, um, granted we've had a couple, you know, weeks to, to practice together, but, um, I've watched her play a lot. And when I'm not playing with people obviously I really pay attention to what balls they're capable of digging and and not so I I try to say that there's probably not anyone I don't have chemistry with um, because I think it's really important that everyone understands when I'm on the court hey I'm taking like these balls I'm taking and this one I'm taking like you don't have to worry about it like let me help you Um, and so yeah that's always like the first thing I do is like hey I've got this like let me know if you want something different, but like, I can help you here. What does it mean to represent Cedar Rapids, Iowa State um, on this stage of volleyball? You're one of two Iowa State players, former Iowa State players. So yeah, if you could maybe speak to that. Man, it is one of my favorite things. Like I have so much love for Iowa and so much love for, you know, Cedar Rapids and um, all of my experiences from, you know, when I was young, all the way to college to be able to do that at home and at a school that I love. Um, It, growing up, it was like wanting to put 
Iowa on the map, wanting to put Cedar Rapids on the map, wanting to play as hard as I could um, for as long as I could for, um, for my, for my home, you know, um, it was always really special and really important to me to represent Iowa and to kind of show the youth in Iowa that you can go on and do big things. Like you can pursue your dream. Like I didn't know, like I knew I always wanted to pursue something in the Olympics when I was younger. It was softball. I really like, I was like, I'm going to go to the Olympics and softball. And then they took softball out of the Olympics. So I was like, okay, pivot, let's do volleyball. And, um, that sticking with that dream and knowing, you know, just trying to find ways to, to make that happen. And, um, my support system is, is in Iowa, you know, like my family, my parents, um, always turning to them and, um, not just my parents, but my extended family is, is huge. You know, my parents both have three or four siblings, um, and they're my cousins and my friends from high school. Like, um, every time I step on the court, I, I play for them. And, and honestly, this, this season, knowing that they're watching and they're able to watch in real time and I can pick up the phone and I can call my mom and she can answer after my 11 o'clock, you know, match ends, um, instead of having to wait eight hours the next morning, um, to call her and, um, what has given me joy and, and purpose, um, this year is playing, um, for my family. Um, I know my grandma's watching, um, my, my great uncle Barney, he just recently passed, um, last week actually. And, um, he was one of my biggest fans and it was just so, I step on the court and I tell myself like, this is for grandma. This is for Barney. Like this is, this is for my home. And, um, that purpose gives me so much joy running out of time but I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. one more thing and what's next for you are you going to hope maybe if this pops up again do you think you'd play again or um do you think this is where you hang your hat it's such a good question um I'm kind of an open book right now um I've had so much fun here with the people and the organization um, it would be hard to, to pass, uh, up on this opportunity again. Um, and I'm still, you know, I know that I'm pursuing my passion of helping others and, and, um, and inspiring youth. And so if, you know, this, this opportunity arises again, um, I definitely think that I would jump at it. So, um, we'll see. Otherwise, you can find me in New Mexico with my husband. (laughs) (laughs) And based on the feedback that you've received so far from this league, what do you think this says about the future of women's volleyball in the United States specifically? I think that specifically with this league, it it is going to take off. Like I, I, and I really hope so. I've just gotten so many positive um, comments and so much love from all the people that are in my circle that are watching, but just seeing it across the world, you know, my friends from my teams in Europe, um, there's people in China that are watching in Brazil. And, um, I think the world has been waiting for this and, um, to do it in such an exciting format is I think even more enticing. And, um, I think people who originally maybe weren't sure about it are really hooked now and um, it just keeps things interesting. So I hope that it just keeps going and um, 
that young girls have hope of playing, you know, have the hope of being able to play professional volleyball in America. Cause I didn't know professional volleyball was a thing until I got to college. You know, I didn't know when I was in high school, I was like, how do you play in the Olympics? Like, wow, where are these girls going? Where, how, what are they doing? And so now you can see it. You can see this is, this is what they do. They play professional volleyball and um, you can do it right here in your backyard. So it's really cool. And on that note, I want to thank you for coming on the On Iowa podcast, the only thank Iowa you. state cyclone. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'm honored, honestly, go state. But, um, you know, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you.